We started on our journey together with a paranormal investigation at Eloise Asylum. We left the asylum eager to learn the truth. We bought our own equipment and decided to document our findings. And we're here to share them with you. I'm Melissa. I'm Mandy. Welcome to our paranormal experience. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hi. It's been a long time since we've recorded an episode, but we have visited a few different paranormal locations and we will have a couple of episodes coming up. First we had Christmas and then everybody's just been sick or had a pulled muscle in their back or it's just been one thing after another. And I think a little bit of laziness. We have been a little (laughs) bit lazy too. But we have been going on investigations, so we have a few different investigations to talk about. Those will be in different episodes. And we want to say thank you to all the new subscribers that we've gotten. I'm really shocked at how many subscribers that we have. It's just really awesome to know that that many people are interested in this type of thing. It is. Thank you. And we've also gotten quite a few comments from people And I just want you to know that we absolutely love when people leave comments on our podcast. It really makes our day. Thank you so much. So the location that we're going to talk about today is the Willis Inn. And this is just a very small farmhouse located in Willis, Michigan. And I had never heard of it before I found the public paranormal investigation online and we bought tickets. We couldn't even buy tickets the traditional way, like it wasn't even on like a Eventbrite or maybe I did find it on Eventbrite, but we actually had to like PayPal them the money. It was very, it was very kind of like archaic. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to say that about like PayPal in that way, but normally you can just, you know, go on Eventbrite, buy tickets. I feel like it was more of a, a personal thing rather yes. than a business thing. Oh, that makes you sense. know what? I saw it on Facebook. That's where I saw it on like some of the paranormal pages that I've joined. That's where I saw it. And so we bought our tickets via PayPal. And we were kind of nervous. We were like, maybe we're going to get there and they're not going to let us in or they're not going to know who we are. Or, But it was all very professional once we got there. And it was very nice. The history that I have for the farmhouse is the history that we received from the tour. This house, the Willis Inn, was built in 1856 and is believed to be the oldest house in Willis, Michigan. A lovely couple named Don and Sherry have bought the home and they are using the money that, you know, they get from these investigations and stuff that they're they're hosting. They are using that money to improve the home and turn it into a bed and breakfast. What they have done so far is really beautiful, and I honestly can't wait until it's a bed and breakfast, and we're totally going to go stay there. What they have done was beautiful, and I can only imagine what they're going to keep doing to it as they continue. The first place that we went, as 
is usually the first place we go when we get to a paranormal investigation was the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because um, we've driven there and we have to go. <laughs> yeah. And it is such a unique bathroom. I mean, was it like the wallpaper in there looked like a wall of sunflowers? Like you were in a field of sunflowers. Yes, it did. It it looked like you were in a field of sunflowers on one wall, and then the other wall had like a barn. Yeah, and like a field with a barn, and the linen closet looked like a little miniature outhouse inside it, the bathroom. It did. It was super cute. And what about the bathroom? It was impressive. I wasn't it a clawfoot bathtub, like an yes, old stool, but like coppery or metal looking. I don't have that great of a memory of the bathtub. What I noticed most was the sink because it was like a barrel. Yes. It was just, it's really creative, really unique. They are really doing some great things to it. So an addition was put on the house in 1872. And there was a second addition put on the house in 1968. The Alders family were the first owners of the home. And then in the mid to late 1800s, the Finney family bought the house, and Mr. Finney did pass away in the home. The third owners of the home were the Marx brothers, who owned the Detroit Brewing Company. They believed that during Prohibition, when they had to close the Detroit Brewing Company, they may have manufactured their product in the house. And this is apparently, they thought that they did this because there is a train station very close by which would have been a very convenient way for them to distribute their product. In 1968 is where the history gets really weird. When the house was obtained by Catholic nuns who turned the house into a home for unwed mothers. And it was also a daycare. There is a doctor's office downstairs where they believe abortions might have been illegally performed, but they couldn't actually confirm this through any sort of historical records. I'm not sure what leads them to believe that, maybe just because of the time. Right, or if it's a home for unwed mothers, maybe that's where they chose what they wanted to do. Right. The house was later sold and used as an adult nursing home. After that, it was used as a closed head injury center. So this is a house with a lot of strange history, and it's it's decent size. I don't actually have the square footage. It's a decent size farmhouse. Um, I mean, they're turning it into a bed and breakfast, and they're going to have, I would say, four. It's hard to tell because some, some of it's under construction. Maybe they're going to have like eight rooms. Like with the upstairs, do you think, Mandy, that there's room for eight rooms? Um, I feel like upstairs there was already, I want to say, three or four rooms. Right. And then there's the one downstairs that's finished, which let me it's, just say is, is beautiful. It's beautiful and it's large. It's a very it large room. It had, I want to say, like three full-size or queen-size beds in it. So, yeah, I'm not sure how many rooms they're going to end up with. I mean, I think they could definitely fit eight if they wanted to. Um, but it, there's there's going to be quite a few. The last owners of the house gutted the house and took off. Now, they have not confirmed anything through them, but they do suspect that possibly they took off due to the paranormal activity. We did take a tour of the house. 
at the beginning of the investigation, and I'm going to play a few minutes of that tour for you. Now, when they first bought the place, Don was working on it one night, and he went to leave, and he said, well, good night, house. And he heard a male voice say, good night. <laughs> and then one day, Don and Sherry went into town, and the plumber came over. And the plumber opened up the door and heard a female voice say, they're not here. <laughs> and he came in and walked around the house and quickly realized there's nobody in the house. And he went out and waited in his car for them to come home. But those sort of things started happening. And they reached out to a friend of theirs. And people in the community were telling them that the house is haunted. It's been known to be haunted. So they reached out to a friend who knows us, and we have been investigating here ever since. Uh, some of the things that have been recorded around here, um, upstairs, there was there were two girls that would wake up floating above their bed. They told their dad, their dad didn't believe them, go back to bed. And then one day, dad wakes up with his nose about this far from the ceiling. They moved out the next day. Um, <laughs> And Don has spoken to him, and he does not, he did not want to talk about the house, anything to do with it. Um, multiple people have seen the lady in blue. Don has seen her. Um, a lot of people have seen her. When one of the residents, now this used to be two bedrooms here. Don Sherry turning it into, turned it into the kitchen. But this was two bedrooms, and when one of the residents' mothers would come to visit, she'd stay here in one of these bedrooms, and she always said she saw a lady in blue come get into bed with her at night. Now, Don, one day he was walking out toward the orchard, and some friends pulled up, so he came back out, and they said, where's Sherry? Pointed out that she was in the house, and they thought that, he said, well, then who was that following you to the orchard? They thought it was Sherry. They saw the woman in blue. And then one time Don fell down the stairs there, looked up, and thought Sherry was standing there, but then when he got up, she was gone, you know, and didn't hang around to see if he was okay, but he came in and asked, were you standing on the, on the top of the stairs? And she said no. And that's when he realized that was the lady in blue he saw. Some things that they claim that have been experienced throughout the home are disembodied voices, levitation, a lady in blue. They claim that there's a boy named Larry who lives out in the woods. Now, this came about because they were actually like clearing away some of the wooded area outside of the home. It was just overgrown. And they actually found a few ruins of shelters back there. Like um, just little, small. Little kid forts and stuff. Yeah. Some of them were a little bit. Do you remember the one was actually like, it was actually like a built structure, but it was no longer standing. I don't know what it was, but I think it was even made of like cinder blocks. And then there was a couple like fort-like structures. So there's a couple of structures in the yard. And they believe that a boy named Larry hangs around there. They have tried to time Larry, you know, as to when he was alive. And they claim that he recognizes the theme to Sesame Street, but not Barney. They believe that he passed away in the 1970s. They say that they have a lot of EVPs from Larry and that they have seen him throw things. They believe that a man named Ed is downstairs in the basement and they claim that he touches women. 
There's a doctor in a white coat in the basement as well. A nun upstairs. Children that run through the home. They believe there have been two exorcisms in the home and one binding. We started our investigation in the basement. We were with a tour guide because this was a public investigation and two very nice ladies. So in all, there was a total of five, the guide and then Melissa and I and the two ladies. The first thing that happened was one of the women claimed that their hair was pulled. Melissa, wasn't this the part of the basement where they said that they thought Ed used to work? This is the part of the basement. So where we were in the part of the basement where he supposedly worked. Right, and where they experience him yeah. most often. Yeah. Now, these two women had been there before, and they, you know, they felt that they had interacted with Ed. We do have a couple of audio clips from this section of the night. You know, this was a public investigation, and there were three adorable dogs upstairs, and they are hounds. I am hearing some noises in the background that I can identify as the dogs, but there is a noise, and I don't know, this just seems strange to me. It doesn't sound like a dog. I don't remember hearing anybody yell or scream, but this is a public investigation, so there are people on other levels. So we can't guarantee that this isn't another human being making this noise, but we did think it was strange. It is low in the background, so make sure you're listening for that. Um, in this audio clip, we do not know what is said, but it seems to us that there's just a strange voice over top of the woman speaking. We're not using any equipment at this time. It's just something that the recorder had picked up. And there's no males in the basement with us. And I had, I swore it was Rose. We did receive a lot of EMF reader activity in this area. I don't have a video of it. I think sometimes when we get there, there's so much going on and you get out certain equipment, you forget to get all of it out. Right. You start talking and it's just, it gets a little confusing, I think, sometimes. Right. And these two women that were down in the basement with us, they were Gabby and everybody <laughs> was were. talking. They were. It kind of, sometimes when I go to a public investigation, I almost think I give up. Because I'm trying to investigate, but other people are there to really just have fun, right? Like, I have a different focus than they have. And everybody was having fun. So much so that I almost feel like we got paranormal activity multiple times. Like, we would get a trigger on one of our pieces of equipment and almost it would just go unnoticed or... Right. Like, we were so busy talking and kind of laughing that there was stuff going on around us that we felt like we weren't focusing on our equipment like we should have been. Correct. So Mandy and Dawn actually saw a shadow figure and none of us got up to actually like investigate that to see if someone was there because it was in, it was through a doorway. Yeah, there was a doorway. The The room that we were investigating in that was, you know, Ed's area it was the sectioned off portion of the basement. So there was the doorway and there was a light, I think, from coming upstairs, like as you go down the basement stairs, there was a light that was kind of shining 
So it was dark where we were at, but there was some light out there, which is, you know, how we were able to see a shadow. I do wish we would have investigated it more. Yeah, we absolutely should have. We should have. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. You know? Because honestly, I don't ever say I see things. I feel like I don't ever see things. I don't think that you have ever claimed to have seen a shadow <laughs> right? on any one of our investigations. So, <laughs> so it, it was weird. We should have definitely gotten up to investigate that. And I do think that a lot of people, they see something paranormal and, and everything. I mean, that's what they're there for. And they're not there to kind of collect evidence in the way we are. Yeah, Melissa and I look at stuff more skeptical. Objective. Objectively, objectively, yeah, and skeptically. Not that we don't believe it, but we we don't – we want to rule out everything else first. Right. Like, there was a light that came in through a window, and, you know, one of the women is like, oh, my God, a light, you know. And it's like, it's a and headlight. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it's a headlight. I think there's a car. Actually, I think first – my first thought was, I was like, oh, there's somebody out there with a flashlight. I didn't realize it was a road. So he was like, oh, it's a headlight. Oh, okay. So yeah, like we're not we're not trying to claim that everything is paranormal. And I don't think that they are either. They're just there to have fun. I mean, this is a public investigation and that's perfectly acceptable, right? I mean, everybody wants to be a bit scared sometimes. And we didn't mention it before, but like it was around Halloween time. It was like for Halloween. So I think everybody's in that that spooky mode and this was a while back. Like, we just had to review all of our audio. I had actually reviewed all of our audio previous and wrote down everything. That way we just – we don't forget. We just haven't had an opportunity to record, like I said earlier, because we were lazy and sick and it was Christmas and I'm still a little bit sick, so. Now, we did have the EMF activity. We did turn on a spirit box, but it wasn't our spirit box. You know, the ladies wanted to use their own spirit box, which is perfectly fine. So we know for sure you're here. Here I have another interesting piece of audio. Can you tell us about the the elemental? No. We were really discussing this piece of audio earlier. And right after the investigation, when I reviewed the audio, I actually called Mandy and played this for her over the phone. I mean, this really sounds like a male to me. And there are two other women with us, well, three counting, counting the tour guide, who the tour guide had a very girlish, feminine, I mean, almost like a teenage girl voice. Right. Her voice was not rough like a man's at all. She's a very feminine voice, young feminine voice. But one of the older ladies that were with us, I did feel that her voice was a little, I just... I don't know. I don't know if one of the other women answered this question. If so, I don't remember it. I didn't remember it directly after the investigation when I was reviewing the audio. But that doesn't mean that somebody just didn't say no. Why they would do that? I mean, I think that sometimes we all just answer questions out loud. But it doesn't sound like one of them to me. Like, I mean, I'm listening to their voices throughout all of this audio. I can hear them all night long. And I just don't think that this sounds like one of them. No, no, no. I agree. It sounds more like a man's voice to me. The spirit box was running at the time that we received this. I can't tell over the audio if this is an EVP potentially or if this no is actually coming through the spirit box. Normally, I feel that I can tell which might be because we're using our own equipment. 
But this time we were using their spirit box. So I think that that Makes is a, it little a little bit harder to confusing yeah, for me. When you're going back and listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we tried doing an EVP session in this basement. We didn't receive anything back. And then it was time to pack up and go upstairs. That was one other thing about this investigation. They did not have people on the main floor investigating. They had people in the downstairs, people in the upstairs, and then people outside. At the end, they had everyone investigating the main floor at the same time. They claim that they do this because the house is older and it is creaky and they don't want people mistaking. Right. Making noises. Yeah. But the homeowners were on the main floor and their three dogs. I don't know why the very sweet older lady, Sherry, would have been yelling because I do know what she was doing. Um, She was cooking. (laughs) <laughs> she was baking the most wonderful foods. And when we packed up and it was our turn to go upstairs, we got actually the break time and we got to head up there and kind of chat with them. And it smelled so good. When we walked upstairs, it just smelled so good. So she made cinnamon rolls, like these really big cinnamon rolls, with good, like ooey gooey frosting. And then she made homemade apple crisps. And I think she had ice cream, vanilla ice she cream did. that you could put on it. And then there was just like trays of like crackers and cheese. cheese. And, yeah. and um, they had a refrigerator with drinks in it. Um, just very hospitable. And this kitchen, it was like from, to me, like a TV show kitchen. The island part of it, it held like what, eight chairs? Yeah, I'm not something like that. It was huge because, like, normally people have two or three, like, stools. This held, like, eight stools. So that gives you an idea of, like, how big it was. And it was just – it was cozy and they welcomed you into their home like you were family or something. And they sat down and they talked to you at the table. Melissa and I were kind of quiet around people we don't know, but we could have sat and talked to Sherry all night long. Yeah, like, I was just – I was so comfortable talking to her. She was telling me about – different repairs they've made to the house and different deals they've gotten on different things. And it was just nice conversation. And normally when people stop me when I'm paranormal investigating, I'm so eager to get back to that and I hate it. I did not want to go back to paranormal investigating. I was like, I could just see her all night, like eating snacks with Sherry and just talking. It was so nice. They're just such kind people. I am also a little bit crazy and would normally, I think, not eat at a stranger's house (laughs) and I was totally comfortable like they just seem like such kind-hearted people it was they were so delicious everything was so delicious it felt like you were visiting your aunt's house or you know like your aunt and uncle or I wouldn't say they're old enough to be your grandma and grandpa right but like your aunt and uncle like just some family that just welcome you into their home and wanted to feed you. And we also did not pay a ton for this paranormal investigation. No. It was really reasonably priced. Normally, snacks and stuff like that aren't provided. And I mean, of course, they're not home cooked. I mean, and I'm not even like a cinnamon roll fan. And I ate that cinnamon roll and I was like, that was the best thing. That well, because when we roll. left, she insisted on us taking food with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
was really nice. Yeah, and I don't know what, but that cinnamon roll was good. It was so good. I was going to take it home for my kid. And, and she I, ate it in I the car. I ate it. I was like, <laughs> it smells so good. I can't not eat it. So if you are in Michigan and you have the chance to go on a paranormal investigation. I or mean, when they have it done, just stay at the Willis Island. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The bed and breakfast, we are so eager to go back just to go to the bed and breakfast. And I mean, of course, I'm going to take my paranormal equipment. And, you know, see if I can get anything in my room. (laughs) Of course. And right down the street from that is Bonehead's Barbecue, which we had done an episode on that like a while back. But that restaurant is rumored to be haunted as well. So I think that would be like a really nice combo thing for people to eat dinner there and stay at the end. It would be a nice evening. Yeah. Unless, I mean... She might make dinner. I don't know. <laughs> Just see. We'll have to see. Yeah. Sherry has like a spread. <laughs> so then it was time for us to head upstairs. It's really unfinished up there still. There's like no drywall. That is where the nuns were supposedly. Yeah. So the one room that we went in first, I believe, was a room where people had claimed to see a nun. So we sat down on the floor and um, took out our equipment, which, you know, that that's often, like, often you go to paranormal investigations, you are sitting on the floor, like, it is a back-breaking experience. Like, I always feel so sore at the end. Do you feel sore at the end? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and I mean, this place wasn't dirty at all. Like, even though it was under construction, it wasn't dirty. But a lot of paranormal places you go, like, it's the floors are so dirty, dirty and dusty. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we were sitting on the floor and we had some REM pod activity. So I'm just going to play that for you here. You can hear the REM pod go off lightly. It's like kind of like beeping, like something's touching it over and over and over again. And then you will hear like a long tone. And that is continuous contact with the REM pod. I was here. I was in that room next door. Mm -hmm. And that's where I could hear... And I saw an older woman sleeping. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. The REM pod over there is sleeping. Oh. See? Oh, yeah. So are we moving? Do you want to? Um, It doesn't matter to me. Ooh. Hi. Do you what is she touching? That's the REM pod. Yeah. Hi. I mean, you want us to stay here? We tried some investigating and... Don and Sherry's actual room, which felt really strange. But they told us we could. (laughs) They did. They gave us permission to do that. And um, they do claim that they play hide and seek with the... The children spirits. The children spirits in that room. Mm -hmm. And how they they said they did it, they would hold the EMF reader in their hand and they would tell the children to hide. And then they would walk around the room with the EMF reader. And when they found the child, and I'm doing quotation marks, the light would go off. I mean, when they said that, I did, you know, my brain, I always try to, like, rationalize everything and, like, reason everything. And I'm just like, but, you know, you could walk around any room with, like, an EMF reader and It's going to go, go off, off by an outlet or a like, light. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's that. But, like, if you're in the middle... I mean, it could be a ghost, but, like, maybe you're just, like, finding the ghost. Like, maybe it's not really hiding. Like, maybe you're just finding it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? 
This is true. <laughs> yeah. So we did try that. Mandy tried that, but it was unsuccessful. Yeah, it I didn't mean, work. I mean, if they are getting that to work, I mean, Mandy was unable to get like random EMF spikes through the room. So maybe they are playing hide and seek. <laughs> you know, I don't know. We did get EMF spikes on the bed. That is actually really common when we go on investigations and we put an EMF reader on the bed. We get EMF spikes. Mm-hmm. But when we leave it anywhere else, it, you know, it doesn't just go off like that. I mean, the bed is a really common place for EMF spikes. For it some is. Reason. And that's the thing I can't figure it out because beds don't have anything electrical or you know there's no technology on a bed like i could put it on the table next to the bed with a lamp and i'm not gonna get emf spikes Mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of it's strange it's just strange after that they did allow us to go outside and investigate not really a lot happened out there um we really didn't get any activity it was just kind of windy and... It was very cold at that point. It was. It was the middle of the night. I think I almost tripped and fell and broke my neck a few times. She's clumsy. She's, I am She's so going to say it's because she was in the woods, but she would do it. It is not because I was in the woods, although I would say that. I would say that. I just... I'm just clumsy. I just trip all the time. I really loved this investigation and I would totally go back. But just all of the chatter and all of the just people and all of the uncertainty when listening to the evidence played back to me really made us decide that we were going to join a paranormal team. Yeah. And we've been kind of trying to not do that for a long time and we've been going on these public investigations, but we have joined a paranormal team now. And we're going to keep a lot of things about that private. Like we don't want people to know the name of the team we're on. There's some stuff we're not going to divulge. For instance, we are now going to go to actual residences and do paranormal investigating. So clearly we have to keep everything about that confidential except for what evidence we find. But we're very honored to be able to go to these homes now and potentially learn how to help these people or just give them verification of what they've been experiencing. And this will also give us an opportunity to do, you know, private investigations at You know, some of the places that we've already been are those types of places. There won't be the public there that where we'll have to second guess, you know, was that a person or is it a spirit? Because everybody there will be trained and have the same goal, the same goal to actually try to prove paranormal existence. And we have actually been, we've known these people on this team. We've been to numerous paranormal investigations with them. We've We've seen them at conferences and things like that. So we kind of knew them before we joined up and we knew that we really liked them, that they're all super nice and also kind of like us where they don't think everything that they see is paranormal. They're very scientific about it. We just, we're really grateful to be a part of their team. Yes, definitely. And one thing I wanted to mention about the Willis house 
is when we were there, they told us that Nick Groff had investigated there. So you guys probably know him from Ghost Adventures and then his own show, Paranormal Lockdown. But I thought that was really neat that we got to investigate where somebody that famous actually investigated. And they said that he really liked the bathtub that we were talking about earlier. And I just thought that was funny. I never know famous people, and I just don't watch that much TV, and I have no idea who that is. I feel like I should know. I feel stupid. Oh, I was going to show you a picture. Ooh, he's he's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty. I liked him on Ghost Adventures, so. I just thought it was really cool that somebody that famous was there. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Mm Mm-hmm. So that concludes our investigation at the Willis Inn, and I hope you guys enjoyed the little bit of evidence that we got. Thanks for listening. We had a great time there, and we can't wait to stay there when it's the bed and breakfast. Yeah, highly recommended. 10 out of 10 if you guys if you guys are interested somewhere in Michigan. Um, it's probably not ready yet. Just keep checking. I think they have a yeah. Facebook page. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.